What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? It's Johnny King, and here on another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast, I've got a, a, a king in the making on the show here, Brian Pickowitz. I love that. I just It just rolls off the tongue. It's so easy. <laughs> so easy. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. I've heard that the name is very easy. Uh, I never get questions. So <laughs> <laughs> You never get questions. You, it never gets butchered. No. Yeah. No, I love it. We were just talking before we started rolling <clears throat> on the uh, recording that you've got a, a puppy that's a little bit older than mine, probably a month older, but you and I are both yeah. going through puppy, puppy uh, growing problems. Growing oh, yeah. Well, well, it's interesting because I've always loved dogs. I grew up in the middle of nowhere and like, you know, we had like four dogs growing up and you could let your dog out and like we had seven acres and the and, lived on this mountain in new hampshire and we could just let our dogs out except one of them and they just kind of like you know live their life and they yeah. come back and like it's, it's a normal thing so very fond of dogs and my fiance um had a different experience with dogs and not that like, she didn't like them but she was like oh you know they're nice like they're cool but it was its own little thing and so very fascinating to be able to see like when we had alfie come in and we started to get him um she got really attached to him like really fast mm. and so it uh it's turned out well we decided to bring him into our house and now he's part of our family so that's amazing that's amazing yeah it's 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 interesting because it's not my first puppy um but it's probably the first it's the first puppy that i've had where it's just like my sole responsibility you know i i had one in, 15 years ago in a, in a relationship. And so it was kind of our puppy, but it's like all of a sudden it, there's another level of like, Oh my gosh, like I, it's like a, you know, a child, you know, I have to yeah. care for this. I have to keep it safe. I have to like, I'm like I have to wake up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's a blessing. Though. It is. It is. It's good. Uh, creates good discipline, but also uh, it's why I was about 10 minutes late getting on. Cause he would not poop. Come on, like <laughs> I should have that down by ten weeks, you know. Yeah, you gotta kind of like walk him through like the same like yeah. like a uh, trail almost. That's kind of what yeah. I found. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, um, I'll mention for those that don't know you, um, we met at a mastermind uh, of mm -hmm. a former. Oh, I should say not a, a former, but a, a mutual buddy of ours in 2018. And I know for myself, man, I was searching. I had been doing health coaching with women, and I was needing, I needed, I was needing a change. Um, I met you. I think you were searching as well. I think a lot of us in that mastermind were searching for for answers in certain areas of our business and certain areas of our life. But it's been pretty fun to see you grow, from what I can see at least, exponentially since then. Mm -hmm. Just over the course of like two or three years, you know. And now you're engaged, and you know, you're just growing up so fast. Uh, I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, I mean, I think for me at the time, 
it was really challenging because I just, so I, my journey, my experience was I started out with competitive bodybuilding and that was like my sole focus. You know, like I said, I grew up in a town of like 750 people. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity. There was, there was a lot of people who stayed in that area and they weren't bad people, but it was very limited in the scope of impact and the scope of what you could actually do. And so I went to college, I studied political science, um, and I was going to get a law degree. And when I was going through school, I had a lot of great opportunities. Um, I interned for a lot of the presidential campaigns in New Hampshire. There's so much politics that goes on because it's the first in the uh, country primary. So I was on the Today Show at one point and I got to debate Donald Trump live. Like mm. I was like in it. I met President Obama. Like I was like so in this thing. But at the same time, I was working three jobs. Mm -hmm. I was working three jobs, 60 hours a week. I was going to school. Um, I started playing college football. Like there was all these different pieces. But at the, as this was going on, my I started to see my family really start to decline. Um, my dad had MS, my mom was in really poor health and between financial burden of life, um, and, and stress and depression and all these different pieces, I, I was out of alignment and I needed something. I needed something to keep me going forward and it became bodybuilding. And so bodybuilding was such a grounding thing because I recognized that if I gave myself just an hour, an hour per week or hour per day going to the gym and push and just give myself this like outlet. It became this, this way to focus all this energy. And even though things were falling apart around me, I was doing okay in school, but like at one point I was like really failing and I was just so like, what am I trying to do? I'm working full time in a sales position, doing all these different pieces, but I, I don't have my footing on me. And bodybuilding became that for me. I was like, okay, I understand. I read Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, autobiography. I was like, okay, I can become a bodybuilder. I can move to Los Angeles. I can, you know, make it successfully. And then maybe I'll become so wealthy and successful that I can take that and move into politics. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started. And I was extremely successful. Like I competed in you know, five years, you know, three competitions. I did photo shoots. I was in amazing shape. And I learned how to build an online coaching company. So, and this is in 2015, 2016, before really it was, it was so new to the market that mm -hmm. things went really well. I made really good money coming out of college. Um, and my fiance was kind of in the same place. She started competing and she started her business. And so we had these two companies that were doing really well coaching. I was like, you know what, we're online. Let's move to Los Angeles. And so we moved to LA. We lived there for two years and or we lived there for two years, but in the first year I did my first competition out there and I was in it. Like I was living, training at Gold's gym, all the bodybuilders are there. And I was like, these guys are broke. They're not healthy. And I was spending most of my time talking to clients about their life. Like, what do you, like, how are, like, how are you? Like, I wanted to talk to people about real things. I didn't want to just talk about the macros and why you should do bicep curls this way. And that's what people wanted. And that's what people needed. They needed to have these deeper conversations. And the, those were the things that were stopping them from making progress. And so I started to really coach people in this way and understand that there's other mechanisms that keep people from being healthy mm -hmm. rather than just the knowledge of, well, what kind of food should I eat and how should I work out? Mm. So I decided to stop competing. Mm. I just started I was like, Hey, this isn't for me. 
I don't want, I, my grandfather had had a stroke. He'd had multiple heart attacks and I, I know what goes into bodybuilding long-term. And I was like, I don't want to be living that life. Like there's an element of you sacrifice something in order to get something right. So you do have to push yourself. Like you do have to, sometimes as an athlete, put your health on the line, but there's no payoff in bodybuilding. It's not like, you know, Kobe Bryant tears his Achilles comes up, shoots two, three throws. Like that's okay. Like I'm okay with that because there's also a payoff Mm -hmm. bodybuilding. There wasn't any payoff. So I, I had this like, really hard time letting it go and after that it was trying to figure out like what is my new mission like what is my vision what am i trying to create for myself and i think that's where we kind of had that intersection of all right i'm still in this coaching space i'm still healthy i'm still trying to coach people on their fitness but i don't know is it life coaching is it wellness coaching is it excuse me is it starting another company altogether and really thinking bigger as an entrepreneur so I think that was really like our intersection and, and it really was me trying to seek more knowledge on what to pursue and where to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's been, I mean, I, I've been blessed to, to have known you as long as I've known you, but it's been pretty cool to see again, it's, you know, and I think a lot of guys that are listening, hopefully, maybe not, knock on wood, that they're resonating from the standpoint of like something that they've pursued you know, has had a shelf life or they've just gotten unfulfilled as where I, as when I met you, I've been doing it for seven, eight years, you know, coaching and gyms. And I was like, "Ah, I just, I needed a, another level of challenge, you know, or I was evolving Mm -hmm. emotionally and mentally out of uh, an older version of me. So it's like, I'm, I'm like a snake and I'm, you know, shedding my, (laughs) my skin into something because I'm expanding, you know? So what was it for you that, that allowed you to, you know, because that's scary, I think, to let go of something that's successful, to let go of an old identity, you know, what were you in pursuit of really that allowed you to, to, to kind of make that leap? Well, yeah, and it really was, it was a physical identity too, because I was so used to people looking at me as this big guy and you automatically have significance, right? Like you automatically, like, Oh, wow. I mean, I still get that because I'm still I'm very fit still, but it's not nearly the same amount of attention as it was for my physique mm-hmm. and people. Oh my God. Like, how, how do you look like that? And like, it was just such an ego trip. And so for me, what I would say is it took a tremendous amount of pain and suffering in order to get to the other side of it. And going through that was, was, um, I mean, there's been a lot of pain and suffering throughout the course of that. Like even moving to LA, like there was months where we were like, holy shit, like, how are we going to pay the rent? And then Lindsay and I are so on opposite pages. We're like laying in, and we went to Miami for a bodybuilding competition and we're laying, I decided to stay an extra day and we're going to go check out the beach. And we didn't go to the beach. We spent like eight hours talking about, Hey, you know, this isn't working <laughs> and then I think that we should not be together. And what are we trying to do here? And then at the same time, like after leaving bodybuilding, I felt so small and like, not like physically, but like, uh, I don't know the next move. And I had some things that came up that really got me in this place of like, yeah, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you, you can do. You, I had this one conversation with someone at the gym once and they made me feel like the most insignificant person in the world. And it is a long story, but it was just like, so like, wow, 
like this is not this is not this isn't who I want to be this isn't how I want to show up and this isn't the life I want mm-hmm. and so coming out of that I would say that there was a lot of things that were hits right and the thing about your journey is like you you have moments where it's like you, you have a peak like so we went through this I joined the mastermind I started figuring out my coaching, I started figuring out some of the mechanisms, things start going really well. And we ended up getting this opportunity to live with a client. So mm-hmm. I had this client who I met, I was working with his brother. I met him in New Hampshire. He's like, you know what? He hands me Jesse Itzler's book, um, Living with a Seal, which is about David Goggins living in Jesse Itzler's house. And he's like, you know what? I've been having, I've been thinking about having someone come live with me and train me. And I was like, I can do that. And he, and it kind of like a comical thing. And then the next day I see him again. He's like, you know, I've really been thinking about having someone come live with me. And I was like, that's like, this guy has three and a half thousand employees. He's built a business from scratch. They, they're one of the most successful companies in their industry in the whole world. Yeah. Once in a lifetime opportunity, I'm going to take it. And so we moved in with him. And at that point, my business was like really growing. And then it kind of came to a crashing halt. So I had this great experience, but now I'm like in my, I was so holding on to who I had been before that experience. It's like, oh no, I'm supposed to be coaching people like at this. And then the business starts to slowly decline. And I was so focused on one thing. I wasn't looking at the other opportunities that were presented to me. I kind of fast forward a little bit, but we ended up moving with him again. He's like, if you move to Dallas, you know, you, I'll, I'll work with you full time. Move in with him again. And then I get fired. So I got fired from him. There's a you know, long story short, we got let go in a polite way. It wasn't like a burning bridges moment, but it, it certainly the, there were some ashes on the bridges mm-hmm. and um, that really shocked me. And then everything else of that after that got even worse. Mm-hmm. Like I tried restarting the company. I was like, you know, what am I trying to do? Like, Hey, I need to mm-hmm. continue to coach people. I need to continue to grow the business and just things just after, every single step got worse. And so I reached this point where I launched the program. It died. And I hit this, like, I'd never hit depression, but I was in depression. Like I was just couldn't get up. Um, I had some really dark thoughts. I was like, should I even be here anymore? Like, what am I like? It, and it was just so hard for me to figure out, like, I have failed in such a massive way. I had been rising and rising and rising. And then it just all came crashing down, like to the point where, you know, in credit card debt to like almost $20,000, I'd invest in this mastermind, had no ROI. Um, my relationship's falling apart. Lindsay and I are always fighting. Like, it's just like this horrible experience. And I'm like on an island. Mm-hmm. And what got me out of that was i would been started running because we lived on this lake and it's like this 10 mile 10 mile uh loop and um every time i would run like even if it was like three miles i saw this sign that said um uh half marathon half marathon run or whatever and i was like you know maybe that's something i should do like i wonder if i could actually push myself to do that and um a week out half marathon i hadn't trained for it hadn't prepped for it (laughs) i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna go fucking run the half marathon yeah and i signed up and that experience got me back into alignment with what i know that i needed which was a reconnection with myself 
reconnection with with my core my energy like the things that make me feel passionate because i was so trying to be validated by everything external that i wasn't in touch with what actually drove me my core drivers mm -hmm. and and from seeing that i started to think more about how i was impacting myself through my actions but also how i was impacting other people and I, I just shut everything down. I took, after that, I took a full month off of everything, nothing, like just disappeared. And I got back to, Hey, what is actually important right now? What am I trying to do? How am I actually working into people's lives? Like, why am I even trying to do this at all? And as I started to kind of piece things back together, things started to move in the, in a positive direction. I had to baby step my way, but I ended up reaching out to that client who we moved to Dallas and I said, Hey, you know what? I feel like our last exchange, I screwed up. I feel like, you know, I left it on bad terms. I feel like there was something I said that really, you know, wasn't positive. And I wasn't even being grateful for the opportunity that you'd given me. You know, I would really like the opportunity to bring you to lunch, um, apologize, take you out and just, you know, kind of mend some fences. And this guy, like I said, he's at, everyone is trying to get to him and also everyone's trying to take his money. Mm. Um, so he, that was kind of the exchange. Essentially he wanted us to stay for an extra week and I was like, Hey, that's great. Are we going to get compensated? Like, you know, and it was just presented the wrong way. It wasn't out of malicious intent, but it just wasn't received well. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I appreciate you so much for even asking. Yeah, hey, let's meet up. And so I met up with him. We talked, I apologized. And he's like, you know, I just really appreciate that. And he's like, here's why I did that. Here's what to do. Like, this is why that, like, this is our relationship. Mm. And uh, he ended up hiring us up back and um, we've worked with them for the last, on and off for the last two years. So it was really just, I needed to stop. I needed to stop trying to prove anything. I needed to get back to myself. And as soon as I did that, things got better. They didn't get perfect, mm -hmm. but things got better. And I started to actually look at the things that had gone wrong mm -hmm. and why things had gone wrong and what had I done to get myself in that position. And from there, I just started to make them better. One step, one little thing. Let's look at the relationship. Let's look at this other relationship that has this client. Uh, let's look at why I'm actually trying to help people. Um, what are the things I need to adjust inside my, my world and my reality? Because if things aren't going well, it's my fault. And I need to stop trying to fix the external. And I need to get back to my source. There's so many different things that you brought up there that I, I'd love to talk about, whether it be the ego, um, <laughs> the kind of the shift you made when you decided just to do the, the half marathon. <clears throat> um, I also want to, to kind of talk one point into the fact that you're, you're asking such quality questions of yourself that are, that are curiosity founded. You're like, oh, why am I, you know, or how, or, you know, I like the introspection. I think a lot of guys can take note of like, this is, this is how a lot of times the work is done. You have to slow down. You took a week, uh, a month off after the half marathon to just reflect and start asking some big questions. But I think that's the scary thing, you know, because what, what answers are we going to find within? But let me ask you going back to, cause I, like I said, I have several questions going back yeah, yeah. to the half marathon. Um, the how is that you decided within a week to do a half marathon, right? But what was it that, was it just the fact that you did something that was really hard and that was really more focused on your desire to like internal 
progress versus external progress or what was it? Cause I want guys to kind of yeah. take away like that yeah. shift, right? That's a beautiful question. And I'm really glad you asked it. So as I'm running this half marathon, like, you know, I had been running, so it wasn't like I'm like off the couch and just doing this thing. Um, but I had never run a half marathon. I, I'm not a runner. It's like, still I'm a not, long ways. <laughs> oh yeah. But like, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, this isn't like a thing that I, I was used to. So, um, what happened was I show up and I, if you do a race, which I didn't know, they have different markers for like how fast you should run. Like, you know, this is the pace setter. This is the pace setter. This is the pace setter. Yeah. Well, I'm standing there and I just kind of line up and I'm like in between a seven and a half minute mile and an eight minute mile. Yeah. And fast. there's a part, well, there's a part of me that's like, you know, oh, I should probably like go to the back and like just kind of run it. And I was like, no, let's stay fucking right here. Let's see, <laughs> yeah. let's see, yeah. let's see let's what push. we can do. And so, <clears throat> so the first four miles, five miles, like I'm keeping pace and it's actually going pretty easy. I got all this adrenaline and it's going really well. And I'm like, wow, like I feel like, okay, this is like really going well. And then this is the thing that actually got me out of that state was I started to slow down hmm. and people start let, kind of passing me. And I'm like, you know, in my head, I can hear my time going from like seven and a half to 7.15 to like 7.45, 8.15, 8.35. I was like, you know, it's okay. Like it's, it's really okay. Like, you know, that'll be really nice. And, you know, people will still be like really proud of you for, you know, doing like half marathons would be really cool. And like, you know, you can post about it on social media. <laughs> I had this moment. I was like, but you will know that you didn't push. You will know that you didn't do everything that you could to get to that finish line. You know that you will have taken the easy route and you also know that you have more to give totally. So for the next, so I think it was at mile like five or six, but for the rest of the race, I, I went into this fucking zone mm. and I just, cause there's other things too. Like I was pacing myself against other people and I was like, huh, that's really interesting. Or well, how come when I run by someone who's looking at me, I make eye contact with them and I, and I try to smile at them. Mm. All of this is a cue of how I exist in life hundred percent. Why, like, why am I trying to validate like, Oh, you see me, you see me high. Mm. No, I'm, I'm supposed to be running a fucking race. Mm -hmm. And the other piece of it was also like when there was this one point where like, there's all these people running like past me that going the opposite way mm -hmm. and I'm running straight this, like going forward. And I was like, okay, so there must be a turn coming up. Turn. Yep. Yep. There's going to be a turn. Okay. So I should slow down a little bit. Well, those people run a different race. Oh, <laughs> they're running a totally different race. They're running like a 5k and they're going really slow. My race keeps going forward. So, oh shit, I'm using other people's times, energy, whatever they're doing. I'm using that to gauge how fast I should be pushing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I get all these experiences and all these lessons. And for the next, after I came to this moment, I was like, I'm going to push myself as hard as I can. And I, um, for the next six miles, I ended up finishing at like a seven minute pace, seven thirty pace for the next wow. few miles. And all the people who had passed me, I was just laughing, laughing, laughing. And I just, like, it was like in this circular zone of intensity and everything that I, I, everything that I fucking needed to put into that race. I put into that race and I ended up finishing, um, I think 20th out of like my class of like hundred men. Wow. And 
and I finished an under an eight minute mile for the whole race. Hmm. So I finished at like a seven fifty seven minute mile pace for the full run. And I was like, I was, and I was fucking proud. Hmm. Like I was so proud of myself. And then like was actually probably meant the most to me is Lindsay and I had been fighting a lot and I was just not being supportive. I was just on totally different pages. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of went and ran the run. I, I kind of told her, I was like, you know, but we were kind of doing this and um, I get done the race and I'm walking you know, up the hill or whatever. And all of a sudden I look up and she's running down the hill. She's like, Oh my God, like, Oh my God. And it just, it was like, it really brought us, I think back together. And I was proud of myself. And if I'm being honest, I felt like at some point, at some capacity, I finally stepped up as a man. Like, you know, if I'm introspectively looking at it, like I felt like at some capacity, she was getting so far away from me because she was accelerating and I wasn't Mm -hmm. that, that, that brought me back to like, Oh, my, 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 my fiance is proud of me. She's actually proud of me. And I needed, I needed to do something that made me proud again. Like I needed something for me to feel like this, it didn't matter. I didn't, I didn't care what anyone said. There was nothing. There was like, in the point where you're the only one that knows how hard you work. And so you can tell, right? Like you can tell like, Oh, I'm actually copping out right now. I'm, I'm, I'm watching too many things on social media. I'm, I'm just staying up late doing nothing. I'm drinking too much. Yep. Like there's all these points where you get to really tune in and be like, how hard am I working and how hard am I pushing myself? And is it something that I'm proud of? And I feel like that's what I needed was that moment of you're going to put it all on the table. You're going to give it your all and you're going to see what comes out of it. And that led me to running another marathon after that. Like I ran a marathon. Um, I became more into running, uh, that pushed me to the point where now, like recently I ran an ultra marathon, 62 and a half miles, because I was like, how far can I push the body in the mind? Not because I want to inspire people to become runners. I want to inspire people to see like you can overcome whatever limitations you're putting on yourself and your mind in physical training, whether that's through you know, running, you know, weightlifting breath work. Like I love Pranayama breathing because it's this intense release. Like I've gotten really into the Wim Hof method over the last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And uh, how far can I push my body to hold my breath? Mm-hmm. Like how far can I actually go? And the thing is, is when we have a physical release like that, it creates the space for us to do more in the other areas of our life. So after these experiences, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, me and Lindsay come together and we build our company the fitness project, which is now becoming ascend coaching. That's our shift that we're going to be making here soon. And it's like, okay, we have now, we have now seven employees. We've been consistently growing and the goal is to really continue to make an impact. But it was like, how can I lead for other people? How can I lead my clients? How can, how am I actually showing up? And if I'm not showing up within myself and I don't feel proud, then there's no way that I can do it externally. Um, so I feel like I really needed that needed point that. of, oh, this is what makes me feel proud. And just recognizing that that needed to be there in order for me to get back to my source. Mm. I, I've talked about, uh, you know, whether it be online or whatever, and I've written in, into my upcoming book, that just the difference between 
happiness and pleasure, you know, and pleasure is always kind of sought outside of ourselves, whether it be in drugs or sex or gambling or porn, right, whatever. The, the pleasure is always like that driver outside of us, which is a, connected to the ego, right? Mm. But then you're talking about more of the, the fulfillment piece, the happiness piece, which is, you know, I love that where you're really connecting about, I'm proud of myself regardless of any type of external validation, right? Mm-hmm. Which is so, so important. Um, did you, did you consciously make that decision or was it just something that you just started doing and then you found yourself aligning into? Does that make sense? Um, like during the race or just yeah. in general after that? that more so just not, Yes, during the race, but even more so, it's like you went through a process, you know, of kind of like sh- like shedding some of that external validation, you know, or yeah. need, you know, and it's it's a maturity yeah. level that you've leveled up on, you know, so more over the process. Yeah, I would say that I had this. Well, there were some of the beliefs, like I was trying to be successful. I I felt like I had to make. I had to make a certain amount of money because I needed to support my parents, um, which I was able to do in some capacity. Like I bought my dad a van, like I did some things, but there was, oh, I was never like, I was trying to fix the problems that they were having by me making money. And that's productive in some sense, but it's not for the work that I do. It's not productive. Right. If, if you're if you're helping people and your sole focus is impact, and that's what you have to do as a coach, if you're a good coach. Um, sorry, if you're not a good coach and that doesn't resonate, <laughs> but um, but because because I was so focused on making money, I started cutting corners yeah. where I, I started to focus more on making money than than helping people and that led me down the point where I was like, oh, this belief that I have that I have to support them is not serving me. It's also not my responsibility. Right. So I had to come to terms with some of the limiting beliefs that were inside of me that were causing me to feel like I, it's like that, I also need to prove something to someone else. Like, oh, well, I made six figures already. I made six figures my first year out of college. Well, I need to make a million in the next year. And there, but I also wasn't asking for help either. Mm-hmm. Like, even though like, and I was asking the wrong people for help and I wasn't being honest about the struggles I was having. I was trying to like put on a happy face and be like, Oh, there's no struggle. There's no struggle. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want people to know that all these things were happening. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I had to get honest with myself. I had to tap back into what made me feel strong again. And I also had to recognize that it was incremental, right? Like even after that run, I still was in debt. Like even after that run, I still didn't have any clients. Mm -hmm. Um, When I took that month off, I had to go back to Los Angeles for a wedding. Los Angeles, like I'm supposed to, I moved from New Hampshire to Los Angeles. I'm supposed to be famous or like an Instagram, like influencer at this point in my life, right? Like that's like the vision. Mm -hmm. And I remember this is really where I think I started to change things. Like, cause those, the, the run was like a breadcrumb. I took a month off of social media. I took a month off of like building the business and I just focused on the clients that I did have. Like I, I did some work, right? So I wasn't like, oh, I'm just taking time off to me. I, I, you know, I would go and I would read and I would be intentional about like journaling and thinking through problems. And I would still work on the things that I had on my plate. So it wasn't like I just, you know, left everything. We'd go to Los Angeles 
And that created a lot of anxiety. Like, I feel like such a failure. Like I was supposed to come here and like dominate. And I actually didn't take any of the opportunities that were here presented to me. Like I was afraid. I didn't put myself out there as much. Like I didn't network. And so I decided to take this one time and I go to Malibu and I sit on the beach and I just meditated. I meditated for like 30 minutes out in the sun. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. I should just jump in the water. And I just jump and swam in the water. And I just like was so present. I was like, wow, like the beautiful landscape of Malibu, which is like my favorite place in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's just so gorgeous. And I'm like, wow. And then I was like, oh, what else do I want to do? I want to go for a run. So I went for a run up and down the beach and I like stretched. And I was like, wow, like I'm just kind of like tuning into what feels like I like, what is my body and my mind telling me like it would be really nice right now. Mm-hmm. And I recognized that I lived in Los Angeles for two years and I never did that. I was never present. I was always on my phone trying to be someone or look like I was being someone. I was trying to prove something externally rather than being that person. Like all those things were outside of me. And I, I was, I was like, holy shit. Like I lived here for two fucking years and I never went to the fucking beach. Like I never, I never was actually there. Like I went to Malibu, but if I was, it was like, okay, we got to be there for an hour because then we have a meeting and like, we have to do this, that, and the other thing. And we, I wasn't, I was also competing at the time. So it was like, you know, you, you structure your meals, you got trained for two hours. Like it was so regimented that I never took a time uh, or gave myself the space to be. And I, it was beautiful to experience that, but it was also kind of sad. Like it really, like, I was like, cause I remember like, bittersweet yeah like i remember this moment where i was kind of like yelling i was saying incantations right i was like you know this is like who i am this is my state and i was like this is my home and i was like oh it's fucking not anymore so i came i was like okay how does like there was a really grounding experience of seeing myself through the eyes of what was real Mm. like I wasn't, I'd never been really honest with what I was experiencing at that point because I was kind of riding a high. Like I was like, oh, everything keeps coming to me. Everything keeps coming to me. And um, I think I, in that experience, just having that one moment was made me so grateful. Like made me grateful for everything that I had experienced, made me grateful for everything that I like, had actually been somewhat successful. I had actually done, I'd actually hit my first target that mattered to me in my life. I wasn't broken. I wasn't, it wasn't lost. I had an opportunity to go now and move forward and everything was going to be okay. And, um, yeah, I think that that moment started to really turn me inward and say, okay, how are you going to move forward? Because you have no other opportunity. You have no other option mm-hmm. other than to move forward. So that, that was really, I think a pivotal moment of, of peace mm-hmm. more than anything. Mm-hmm. I wish I, I wish I'd known what you know <laughs> at, at your age, you know, but the, the whole idea around, like you said, and you practice it, meditation, breath work, it's, it's bring yourself back to the present moment, right? Which again, I would say a younger version of me be like, man, that just sounds kind of woo woo. And it's kind of dumb. Like, dude, I got things to do. I got things to accomplish. And, and, and I'm realizing, you know, the younger version of myself is so driven by 
you know, uh, just validation and ego and everything that's, that's external, you know? And mm -hmm. so I, I see what you're, what you're talking about. And I think it's, it's a good thing to kind of express to, to, to other guys. And, and we talked about when I was on your podcast yesterday, in the sense of like, it's the science of achievement, which you were doing, but you weren't necessarily mm -hmm. finding a whole lot of fulfillment because you were just driven, 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 and your life is passing you by versus having that moment that you hadn't had for two years, even while you're living there, so you slowed down and actually connected with what was resonating in your heart for like, what do, what do I feel I want to do? You know, go yeah. for a run, stretch, meditate, feel the sun on my skin. You know, it's pretty cool. Well, and the woo-woo part of it is, is real because why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I'm trying to be enlightened and woke? No, I'm doing this because I, I am out of alignment. And that is causing me so much more pain. It's like, why are you drinking? Are you drinking because you like to be drunk? Or are you doing it because you're afraid? Which was something that one of my clients told me. He's very successful. The guy's worth more money than anyone you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why do you feel like you drink so much? He's like, and we start talking and talking and talking. And he's like, when I get down to the core, it's because I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have to become aware of why you're doing what you're doing. You can, so make no mistake. I want to be, and I, I mean, our company now is doing extremely well. Um, I have massive ambition. I, I want to dominate every single day. That is why I'm here, not to dominate, but to make an impact, to have a level of of vibration within me that can someone can hear this podcast and be like holy shit like i need to get fucking going like mm -hmm. i want people to live in that state where they feel like they're powerful they feel like they can dominate like one of my clients he's a dentist he has a practice they have 400 employees they have 40,000 people that come to their practice and he's like i just want to fucking quit He's like, I just want to quit. I want to sell the practice, but I know if I sell the practice, then I'm not going to make any money. And I'm supposed to like be this successful person for my kids. And like, I want to give them wealth for long-term. And I was like, here's the thing, whether you sell the practice or you decide to step up and actually make the pro practice profitable and successful, you're going to impact your kids negatively or positively. Mm -hmm. You don't get to choose to not pay the price. You're going to pay the price. So you have to decide what do you want to do as you, as a, as a man, as a person, as a human, like, what do you want to feel? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the end goal, like, let's say you want to make $10 million. The end goal of making $10 million is the emotion that's going to create inside of yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Confidence, power, joy, like the, the emotion is the end goal that you're chasing. Tom Brady wants to feel the emotion of winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And he has trained himself to live in that state. He has conditioned his emotions to be the greatest athlete in his sport. Mm -hmm. He's not the most talented. Michael Jordan's not the most talented athlete. But he conditioned himself emotionally to live in a state that allowed him to be successful and he conditioned that condition that condition that you have to condition the emotion that you want to experience and when you do that through physical exercise you do that through breath work you do that through being with your family being being at the meeting right like you can do whatever but you have to condition the emotion if you decide to condition the emotion 
and you condition it consistently, you're going to create the result. But if you're living in anxiety, what's going to happen? Anxious emotion creates anxious thoughts. Anxious thoughts leads to anxious actions. Anxious actions creates anxious results. If your business is failing, it's probably because you are not in the emotional state that allows you to lead. Mm -hmm. So that's what I teach people is like, hey, you know, you what is the pyramid? Like the bottom of the pyramid is your emotional state. Your mental and emotional state creates everything. Now, if you want to change those, you have to take action. You can take action by asking a good question. You can take action through breath work. You can take action through physical exercise. Changing your nutrition changes the way that you feel. Like all these things create different emotional experiences out of yourself. Like if you are living in, like I was living in, in, in depressed states because I wasn't pushing myself and I wasn't doing anything that made me feel good. Like I really, and I was doing all the things that were making me feel bad. So, and it's not a blanket state about depression, but anxiety is the same way. Like I'm not creating any, I'm not creating any structure around this. Right. I'm not creating any structure within myself. Like if you're living in chaos, it's because you're consciously choosing to not do anything that would remove the chaos. Mm -hmm. So, and, and when you talk about removing the chaos, it's not about removing everything that is chaotic about your life. It's about setting something in place that creates some sense of certainty. What's the first thing you can do? You can breathe. You're in anxiety. It literally creates a change in your physiological state to go, <sighs> So there's, there's tools at your disposal, but you have to ask the question, like, do I actually want to change? Do I actually want to change the thing that's inside of me that's causing me duress? For me, Lindsay was like, hey, our friend is holding this mindfulness meditation course. I think that you should go. I could have said no. I could have been like, nah, you know what? That's, that's not for me. I showed up and that her name's Sumaita. She was on our podcast and she's been like our mindfulness meditation and spiritual guide for about two years. And I'm a pretty tough guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I grew up in the middle of the woods. Um, my dad was a rugged man and he's a carpenter and he's a really tough guy. And my grandfather was a hell's angel. Um, or at least his stories was that he used to hang out with them. He was never in the biker gang or he was at least in a biker gang, but he wasn't in Hell's Angel, whatever. The reality that I grew up with was not open to, it wasn't completely rigid and removed of emotion, but it wasn't open to uh, those kinds of things. So you, you have to be open to seeing that maybe there's something that you could learn from someone else who's a little bit more open more than open you. It doesn't make you less of a man. Which again, I feel like the, the, the theme that's kind of weaving itself through this conversation is just the, uh, just how tricky the, the ego can be and, yeah. and how the, the ego oftentimes will pull us back into scarcity, pull us back into fear, pull us back into lack of worthiness, you know, and having the humility to ask the right questions, having the humility to recognize when you're not in alignment and doing the work and changing your physiology, all the things that you're talking about, I feel like takes, yeah, it takes a level of like an awareness and slowing down so that you can take stock of what, what you're really feeling and, and how the results are going. Because I feel like a lot of guys that I've talked to, they, things aren't working and yet they keep doing the same thing thinking mm -hmm. that it's going to magically change, you know, but it seems like you've had a really good practice of 
slowing down or like stopping and taking stock, like I said, of like, how, how are things going? Like, how are things really going, you know? And then if it's not in alignment with what you ultimately want, makes you feel proud of yourself, it seems like you've really matured in the sense of like, then you just shift. Would that be accurate? So it's kind of, I use journaling consistently. I, I journal every day as like a general practice, or at least I turn to it. I have a power list of like, hey, what are the five things that make today win? Um, Essentialism is a really great book if you're looking to clean out and declutter. Mm -hmm. um, but what I have always found fasc fascinating and helpful is I've consistently journaled since I was, so when I first started my business, I was living in my parents' house. I had like $800 and I, I, I rented a room because I was like, I'm not fucking staying here anymore. Um, I had $34 in my bank account when I paid that first deposit. Mm. I remember sitting with a journal and being like, okay, what, what is the outcome? What am I trying to pursue? I still have those journals. They're awful to read. I'm like, Ooh, this kid, like, <laughs> no idea what he was going to do. Um, but the point is, like, what I find to be helpful is ask the question. Like, think of your life as a math equation. That's all it is. Like, this, if you want to get, like, what is X? You're solving for X or Y. Yeah. So if you're, if you're like, what am I supposed to do? You have to put it on paper. Because in your head, you're not actually able to pull things apart. It's like, how, you, John, what's, um, what's 500 times 29? I would have to pull out my calculator. Yeah. See, so but if you had it on a piece of paper, you'd probably be able to do the math a little bit easier, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in your head trying to do a math equation, well, then it's not very impactful. It's not going to work very well. So if you take the, if you take your life and the problems that you're facing and you say, okay, well, I constantly, I probably quarterly, every couple months, what do I want? Why is this causing me stress? Why is this giving me anxiety? Um, happened the other day. I went down, we were staying in a hotel for an event. I couldn't sleep. If I can't sleep, I find that journaling is helpful because if there's a, if there's a thought that is continuing to keep me up, it's because I haven't actually broken it down. I haven't, I haven't given it time or attention and thinking through it just creates more anxiety because I'm in what if. So I need to get out of what if and, and actually look at the problem. So I think that the tactical way is just to sit with yourself and like, I like to do it with a cigar and a cup of coffee uh, <laughs> and just sit with it and, and work through it because you're, Jordan Peterson talks about like it, you're picking a star, like a North star in the sky. And you're trying to aim at that star, and you're trying to move close to that star. And what you're going to probably find is it's the wrong star. It's the wrong star. It's the wrong thing to pursue. But at least it's in the sky. At least it's causing you to move forward. And as long as you're moving forward, you can you can get to the next star. You can get to the next point. But when you're staying in stasis, you're going to die. Like if you don't choose to take a step forward, you're never going to be able to figure out what the actual solution is. So I've tried to adopt that within myself is whenever things aren't going well, it's probably my fault and there's probably something that I'm doing wrong and there's probably something that I've, I've neglected and, and there's a lot of things that I do wrong and there's a lot of things that I neglect and it's been, it's just like, I think it's a constant process of when things aren't going well, have some way for you to discern that. And that can be through 
a coach, that can be through a journal, that can be through a therapy, that can be through a friend. Um, but when you're just sitting with it inside yourself, I don't. I, I think it's really challenging to figure out what would be the next best option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like if I could uh, praise that last whole little thing, <laughs> it's, it's so uh, poignant. And I think, you know, I mean, again, I feel like we could con- continue chatting up the, you know, for, for hours to come. I think the, the big part of it for me is, is just hearing you um, live by example. That, and this is why I was so grateful to have you on the podcast is, is because I see you um, it, it, with the whole idea of becoming kings. You know, I, I feel like we do tap into that king energy often. You know, uh, and guys can tap into that king energy throughout their day. You're talking about like dominating your your day in terms of like figuring out your top five wins for the day, whatever the case might be. And yet, to me, getting to that place of having become a king is where you do have abundance in all areas of your life, and you don't have uh, to prove it to anything to anyone else other than yourself. And so, there's a level of consciousness. And, and humility and self-love to where you're just, you just know that, like you said, you're, you're taking the action because you're living and breathing and, and you know that that makes you more proud and makes you a better version of who, than who you were yesterday, right? But you don't necessarily care about what other people think, right? And you're just living your life and you're at peace and you're fulfilled, but you're also challenged and you're successful and yet you're, you're also have the depth of relationships and everything else in life. And I feel like um, I mean, God, you're, you're so, so well on your way, which is pretty, pretty impressive, you know, <laughs> given you haven't even hit 30 yet. Um, but I think it's, it's pretty cool just to see how, um, like you said, there's, there's times when you feel like, oh, I'm a, just, again, you're just taking responsibility. You're staying in line with your word, staying in integrity, right? Um, because when you feel like you're, you're out of alignment, out of, uh, or you're in stasis where you're just kind of stagnant, you're aware of that and you're, and you're just shifting. And I think it's important for those that are listening and watching to see like, man, none of us who are, who are quote unquote successful act as if we've got it all figured out. It's just like each, you can have your bad days, you're going to have your good days, you know, but action coupled with, or I should say asking the right questions that are introspective, right? And then taking action that's in alignment with that of what you truly, truly want, which is I keep hearing you say, like getting really, really clear about what is the end result. You know, it's the mm-hmm. feeling, it's the emotion, and then continue to go. And if and if you have to pivot, change, choose another star, like Jordan Peterson says, it's like that's is what that's what ultimately brings that that idea of feeling a sense of pride that you've lived your best life for the day. You know. So, yeah. What, tell me real quick as we start to wrap things up, like give, give it, those that are listening kind of an idea of like how do you go about planning your day so that you can actually win it, dominate it, feel mm-hmm. good about yourself so that when you're laying your head down on your pillow, you're like, I, maybe I didn't check off everything, but I feel good about how I showed up. I think the key there is starting the week off with that intention. Um, like I spend Sunday, just a half an hour on Sunday, like making sure that everything is set up, making sure that everything, like I know what my week looks like. And then the night before I give myself five or 10 minutes to make sure I know what's happening in the next day. Mm -hmm. 
And on the days when I don't do that, things tend to fall apart a little bit. Like, ten, I, you know, you don't, you don't show up with the same intention. So I find that it's really helpful for me to just have Sunday set up, especially with our team, like as we're building out our, our team, to have everything set in that way and then be able to make sure that things are set the night before to be like, okay, I know the first five things are this. And then, um, yeah, I try to keep it pretty simple, though. Love it. And, and, yeah, exactly. I think, that, yes, I say, uh, which I learned from Tony Robbins, and he probably learned it from someone else, that complexity is the enemy of execution. If I overwhelm myself yeah. and make things way too complicated, but, and, and there used to be a part of me like, oh, but if I do this, then I'll get smarter, or this is my way to, to show you know, how deep I am or, or whatever, like all these ulterior motives. Like, dude, just keep things as simple as possible. Don't overcomplicate and just – Chug away. Consistency is what I really want and really need, you know? Yeah, well, it's, I think that another piece that's like simple, simplicity scales in your yeah. business and in your life. Yeah. So if you, if you want to scale to the next point, being simple is really all you need. I love it. Well, for those that, that could use support, what, what are some of the, the offerings or programs that you, you know, put out there to, to help people who are like, oh, this really resonates for me. Maybe they want to get in touch. Well, so I was thinking about it. I think the best place would be check out our podcast, Conquer the Day. Um, Conquer the Day is the podcast that me and my fiance have together. Um, we talk about all things fitness, health, wellness, personal development, and, and psychology. So I think it would be a fantastic place. And then if you're interested in connecting, you can check me out at thefitnessproject.us. We have uh, you know, all of our different pieces there, and it's really where a lot of it grows from. So yeah, any way that we can support you, any way that I can help you, give you some feedback, guidance, direction, always grateful to support you. And uh, I think the biggest thing is just you know, reach out. And whether it's reach out to me, reach out to Johnny, but find some way to get support if you need it because I think that's the, one of the most important pieces is having people in your corner. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I would also recommend that um, people follow you and your and your fiance on Instagram. You know, it's Brian Pickwitz, right? And then, but also the the fitness project, right? Or is it conquering the day? So or conquer the day is the podcast, and my Instagram is just Brian Pickwitz. So I kind of like to keep things simple, right? Yeah. Simple skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. There's so much good stuff on there, and it, it was really fun for me to watch you in the videos of, like, doing your ultra marathon. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, we could do a whole podcast mm. about what you went through in those 24 hours of, like, oh, yeah, the ups and downs. We'll, we'll do that in part two because I definitely want to get into that because that's <laughs> cool, man. I'm so, I'm so impressed, mm. but, yeah. We did a deep dive on our episode of because Lindsay and I kind of ran it together. She ran the last 15 miles with me and helped me kind of finish strong. So we did a kind of a couples conversation about the ultra. It's pretty intense. I'll check that out. I talk about every negative and positive. Imagine experiencing the greatest feelings of your life and some of the worst (laughs) feelings of your life in the most intense way yeah. in the course of 16 hours. Some people do it through psychedelics. I do it through running. Um, I find that that's a little bit more helpful. I don't, I don't lose myself too much there. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was something I, I can't, I remember telling them, like, holy shit, I just ran 62 and a half miles in 17 hours, a little under 17 hours. Wow. 
like that's insane like that's insane to me and i tell people doesn't like they, like it shocks them and it also scares them They're like dude just go run a mile <laughs> like go for a walk like just get started um but yeah no it's crazy stuff and um johnny i really appreciate just the opportunity to come on it's been a blessing and uh you've always been just such a uh great person in my corner so really grateful and um really uh blessed to have the opportunity yeah, man. Amen. Well, I hope uh, those that are listening and watching really got some, some good value out of this. Um, I, I have no doubt that they did, but, you know, reach out to Brian, reach out to Lindsay, follow them on, on, on social media, check in with what they're doing because they're, they're leading the way. Um, and, and I love too that like, you don't have to come from a place of acting like you've figured it all out. You're just on the journey, you know, and uh, it's kind of nice to, to saddle up next to someone who's also on the journey and that's what I love about uh, coaching and what you're putting out into the world. So blessings, my brother. Thank you, Thank you for being on. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up more for part two. And I want to listen to that uh, in-depth dive on, like, the, the shit that you went through <laughs> running that. That's <laughs> intense. So anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, man. I'll Thank you, you so much, uh, man. Yeah, I'll bet you. Uh, I'll let you take out your puppy. I'll, I'll do the same here because we're going to both have accidents here behind us, probably on the floor if we don't <laughs> get out of here. So thanks, That'll brother. Be good. We'll catch up soon. Everyone, thank you for listening. Thanks for checking out this uh, amazing episode of the, the Becoming Kings podcast. Hope you connect with, with Brian and Lindsay. Um, and until we meet again, thanks for listening. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.